0: that that too nerve-wracking? Would you guys like to come up here so you don't have to make the trek up there? Because you guys get to preach here as well. So I just want you guys up here because I feel the strength of the pastor's. about their own ways. We have preachers that preach about their own ways. Lord, we want to know your ways. We want to understand your ways of thinking. Have your mind, because we have the mind of Christ. So Lord, we give you sermon here. Welcome everybody. It's good to see all of you. There are many faces I don't know there's many faces who have been here from the past and just welcome. We, we just didn't really enjoy having you here and, and and I just really am amazed at what God has done in each one of your lives. And so I've been going through the Psalms. And we've been going through looking at those songs that many of them were written by David, but there's others, but we've been really looking at how David worshipped the Lord. And so How many of us are history buffs? Well, that's a good amount of people. Because the reason I'm asking this is because we really enjoy learning as a history buff, seeing the past, reading and understanding history. How many of us really truly understand the word history? Its origins come from story. That's what history is. His story. That's why we can look at what God is doing and we can read the Scriptures and see His story about all the lives in the Old Testament, all the lives in the New Testament, and even the lives in Acts 29, dare I say. Because there's only 28 chapters in Acts, but we're Acts 29. We're we're the next act of the church age. And so I really enjoy all of history points to God. Does that make sense? You understand that everything that's done in history points to the Creator. The Creator who created all of us. And so I'm excited today because we have many people from our history, this church's history here today, and all of you get to hear us and them share their history about this church today with us great historians, wonderful historians. I don't know about you guys, but when I get up and I go walk over and hang out with Stan, I get to hear a lot of history. He loves Warren Worsby. And what's crazy is I, I actually went to a church where Warren Worsby's daughter, her husband was one of the pastors. And so we had this really interesting connection right off the bat when I first moved here five years ago. But we're having a great Great time celebrating 165 years yesterday. And I got rebaptized a hundred million times. <laughs> and a giant dunk tank. And we met all these new kids and we had fun, and it was just a good old time yesterday. It was a lot of fun, but I just think the fact that the dunk tank was a success I was really grateful that Tom Miller thought of it. Thanks a lot, Tom. a good old time of just celebrating. So it's about celebrating God, celebrating this community and celebrating what's going on in this world. And so I just want to say, can we praise God? Can we get an amen to God for what he did yesterday and what he's done before? Can I give an amen? Yeah. I think it's amazing. Thank you everyone for who helped out because I know many of you uh, did what I did, which is we got home and we, took a shower first because that water was really warm. It was freezing cold. Um, but we had a great time together. And So I'm going to share with you something that revolves around our history, and it's actually Psalm 20. We're in Psalm 20, and I'm going to share and point out some histories from that psalm and how it relates to us today. It's an amazing story. So if you want to follow along with me, you can. It'll be up on the screens, but here's the title, Psalm 20, God is more than we think. He really is. God is more than you think. He's more than I thought. I kind of put God in a box a lot of times. I don't know about you guys, but I put God in a box. If he ever goes outside that box, I get mad. He has to fit in this perfect little box that I created. And then I realize I'm a sinner, saved by grace, realizing that God's not even close to being in that box. He's way outside that box what it is. Psalm chapter 20, 20, verse 1 says this. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. So there's something interesting here that God does. The Lord answers, he protects, he supports, he remembers. So what a great place to stop and reflect on the Lord and his dealings with this church. Selah, because that's what we think it means. Selah, we think, means pause. I'm not a worship guy, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, right, Scott? It means pause, something like that? Is that what we understand it is? Okay. So let me share with you what it's like for me here for the last four and a half or five years. It's been an, an amazing journey for me because the Lord answered me in my day of trouble. I was 2017 working at Trader Joe's, helping to open up the Trader Joe's. That was, I did that in 2016, helping to open up the Trader Joe's on 28th Street. And then I was asked by Trader Joe's to... Go down to the Kalamazoo store and help open that store up as well. And they really wanted me to go on this track of becoming a store manager, become a, a, a mate and then a store manager, which was a guaranteed six-figure job. So store managers at Trader Joe's, they make anywhere from 150 to 200000 grand a year for just being a store manager. Yeah, I know. Sixty hours a week. And so I thought to myself, oh, that's amazing. And in 2017, trailer park to pay my bills and figure out what God's going to do for me. And in 2017, this church came a call. They said, would you be willing to preach for us? I said, yeah, I'd love to. I had my seminary degree. love preaching. We were trying to plant churches. And so, I come and I preach Memorial Day weekend. And I get a call from Mark Cheesebro. He says, hey, would you be willing to preach the Fourth of July weekend? I said, yeah, I'd love to. And then he said, hey, you And the elders all got together and said, hey, would you be willing to preach three weekends in a row in October? And I said, sure. I'd love to. And then they said, hey, would you come back December 3rd and preach one more time? And actually candidate to be the pastor of this church. And I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. Every day I got home, Katie can attest to this, every day I got home, I went, there's no way they're picking me. There's no way they're going to pick me as their pastor. So, babe, we're just gonna have to figure out how to move to Kalamazoo. We're gonna fi- and here was. And I get a call from Mark. He says, We would like to offer you the pastor position. I'm only in Baptist Church. And I went, like, <laughs> Are you calling the right guy? So then I prayed for, I prayed and fasted for a couple days, and I got back to him and I said, I'd love to do that. And we made our last payment for our house search. Our The Lord protects. And how does he protect the answers? Because we were praying, God, give us a job. Tell us what we want us to do. Help us to serve you. And so then he protects as well. You want to know how he protects? Well, I had cancer in 2014. Melanoma cancer It was spreading. And what they did is the doctor called me on a Saturday with his own cell phone. And he said to me, you've got to go in and get emergency surgery. Because if this melanoma spreads and gets into any of your lungs in all different areas we're just going to tell you you got six months to two years to live, so you just got to go get an emergency surgery right away. So I go and I get this emergency surgery and I, I do everything they ask me to do with the doctors and the cancer and I'm cancer free. They, yeah, yeah, I was cancer free. So he protects. Funny thing is, I was in three car accidents and no other Truth, because I'm not lying up here. These poor guys are going to start shifting down. No, I'm telling you, he protects. None of them are my fault. I had a I had a huge slip and fall. I was working at a place called Michigan Wild Dutch, and I was heat treating axles for Ford Motor Company. And I was on a huge, like, I, don't know, I was high, two flights up to get to it, the platform, and I slipped off. slip and fall and he protected us from many different things over the years in fact there was one thing he protected us from which i really thought it wasn't a protection but it was see we were going to move out here and we were going to buy a house off of 68th street and eastern there's houses there. we were going to buy a house we got all pre-approvals we got everything you wanted and we go to sign on the dotted line and the bank calls and says we're canceling the pre- He said, well, we don't like your sketchy work history. I'm like, I didn't realize working for the UAW was so bad. But over here, I guess it's like you unions are, yeah, you can't do that. So anyway, God supported us by, and he protected us by not giving us that house. And we didn't have to deal with trying to sell a house and figure out how to do all this stuff. Although I would have loved to have that house now. But the Lord is more than we think he is. Because he protects us supports us. And according to this psalm, he remembers. He remembers a lot of things. Did you know that this church started in 1857? Did you know that that was four years before the Civil War? Think about that for a moment. The American Civil War was four years after this church started. What's interesting is I have this book here and I feel like I I should have uh, white gloves on. But it says 1857. And you guys, if you had a chance to see this, I really encourage you to come up here and see this one day. Because the handwriting on this thing, the cursive, is absolutely immaculate. It's amazing. But this page right here, they wrote 1857. Susie Brown wrote that? Okay, thank you, Stan. You have beautiful penmanship. I'm seriously jealous of you, Susie. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's amazing to see. In fact, I'm going to get to a point here where they talk about the pastor's salaries. Love your ears, guys. By the way, this is just descriptive. It's not prescriptive, okay? So they're just describing what he was making, not what we should be making. I just want to make that clear. Here's the thing. It was $4.82 a week. You can look on page 163 to check my math. But $4.82 a week in 1857. I was thinking, $4.82? Man, they were rich. (laughs) So let me just say something else that was really amazing about going through this book. There's There's a passage in here. April 10th. five days later, April 15, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. We had a meeting five days before Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. So the Michigan militia is just really crazy. I'm kidding. I won't go there. It just blows my mind. I don't know what blows your mind, but the fact that God has been around and he's the same in 1865. supports it with His Holy Spirit, His Holy Servants, we as a church, and we've gone through a Civil War, a Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Desert Storm War, and now we've gone through the war on terrorism. Can you guys honestly think that God doesn't support the church? I can't. It's amazing what He does support. He supports us through so many things. He's given us men and women who have supported church and our community and our country so that we can have a free country so we can actually get together and serve God in a church. I don't know what blows your mind, but that blows my mind. So I just want to say thank you to all of you who have served in our armed forces. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for you and what you did to fight, if it wasn't for your families, we wouldn't be here today. So thank you for supporting that. God bless all of you. Before I move on, I want to talk about remembers. How the Lord remembers. The First Congregational Church of Door, August 27, 1857. Reverend R.J. Hess, Reverend S.S.N. Greeley, Reverend G.G. G. Strong, Deacon J.P. Hanchett, and M.M. Pinsdale. God remembers. July 1858, the church voted unanimously to call Reverend James A. McKay first pastor. God remembers. November 4th, 1876, Rev. N.K. Everts is presiding over a sermon in the new church building. God remembers. July 12th, 1892 until March 19th, 1895, the First Congregational Church of Door is now the First Congregational Church of Moline. In the building that they moved into, just so you're aware. You're sitting in that building. God remembers. 1906, this church celebrates 50 years. Man, how time has flown, hasn't it? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to get lambasted here in a minute. Oh, man. Then Pastor Pelton, took her. Pastor Pelton. church is doctrinally sound. God remembers. 1951, church calls Pastor Harry Love to the pastorate. He gets the people to agree, because of doctrinal issues, to change its name to Moline Baptist Church. June 7th, 1954. God remembers. Guess what? 1957, the church celebrates 100th anniversary. God remembers. Then in March of 24th, Reverend James Reese takes over. Then in 1962, some crazy loud neighbor of mine takes over and he leads it. God remembers. Then loud Grant, James Grider, Doug Bennett takes over until one other of my neighbors who's really loud, he's got a loud bike, loud truck. He takes over the church. us all something very special. Are you ready for this? God gives us more than we think, and God gives us his story. It's his story. It's all about him. Here's the ending of the psalm, and then I'll stop talking so we can actually have real preachers come up here and talk. It says this in verse 4 of the psalm 19, may he grant you your heart's desire salvation. And in the name of the Lord God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. This is interesting. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Say they, they collapse and fall, but we rise and stand. O oh, Lord, save the King. May He answer us when we call. That's Jesus. God is more than we think. The history of this church, his story of this church. Today we're going to celebrate when we celebrate 165 years. We've had some famous pastors, Stan Vell, Steve the Cook along with some famous evangelists. Billy Graham, 1941, as a college student, came here. He preached an eight-day revival. And I'm pretty sure many of you were still here at the time. I'm but I know that <laughs> Mr. Hayes raised his hand. I love you. <laughs> you were here. I love you, Joe. <laughs> Joe, i say Hayes was here. How did you marry someone so young? this is, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you were here. I love it. God is more than we think he is. In fact, he has fulfilled our plans, many of us. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We couldn't understand the future, but my biggest petition is that God would grant us the ability to love one another well. The past is This life we live is short. But what we leave behind is a legacy of the Lord and the differences of the past are just that. Differences. We need each other more now than we've ever needed our, each other. I don't, I don't care what church. I don't, I don't. None of that matters to me. All that matters to me is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's all that matters. And so, we need each other more Told us the world's going to hate us. And what the world sees sometimes is Christians fighting back and forth over different things, and they say to themselves, Why do I want to be a part of that? What I'd like to offer is an olive branch. My greatest petition today is that we live out and make up any differences we have together so that this church continues for another 165 years. Because my Through 35 says this, When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Verse 33, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You seek me, just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you. Verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's my goal for this church. That's my goal for Christians in this area. That's my goal for anybody is that we learn to love each other well. We're not going to fight. We're not going to argue. I mean, we're the only true Baptist church in this area. I'm kidding. It was just at the hopkins Whaling game, and one of the kids came over, and my assistant coach, who goes to Woodward, Justin Eaton, and the kid was from Hopkins, and he came over and he shook his hand, and I got to meet him. He's a wonderful young man, he's a sophomore, but he said, you know, I go to Woodward, and I said, that's great, would you like to come to the Real Baptist Church, or keep going there? And his parents started laughing. I just want to love you guys and care for you, even though you went to Hopkins. And we won 42 to 25. <laughs> yeah, we won. <laughs> we won. Yeah, yeah, some of you are from Hopkins. That's okay. I have this right here if you need to cry on it. <laughs> but here's what I want to do I want to give these guys some time to share their story. So I'm going to invite Pastor Stan to speak, and then I'm going to invite Pastor Steve to cook to speak and share their stories. I want you guys to understand something that's really cool. Pastor Stan was here April 1st, 1962 through July of 1968. So Pastor Stan, would you be willing to share some of your stuff? I'll move this out of the way. Share yours
1: This wide. Within two months after I came, I think it was Rich Hogerwerf and Tom Miller put a four-inch extension under it. It's probably still back underneath somewhere here. But that was a real blessing to have. And I don't carry a big Bible to be noticed. It's because I have to have it that big to read the print. So things do change. Things change a lot. You know where I found this book? Some of you remember there used to be a bell tower somewhat of a nosy individual, I climbed up there one day and I found this book that had all the minutes from the first day all the way through. I I don't remember just how far, but that's how I gleaned the information for the history of, that's how thick it would be if we put everything down. And if that print was hard to read, then I can tell you it isn't getting any better now. It was really faded. But I was able to type all of that out and then condense it, so that was a blessing for sure. Sixty-two years ago, this spring, we came to Moline Baptist Church. However, that's not the first I knew of Moline Baptist Church. When I was at the Moody Bible Institute, I worked in the sweet shop for two years. And one day, while I was there, a new student came in to work alongside me in the sweet shop. Her name was Phyllis Pepper. She was from Moline, and like everybody else does when you say you're from Moline, they say, where's that? (laughs) Even people in Wayland don't know where Moline is yet. (laughs) It's, It's amazing. So, and she was so delightful to know. And then, of course, she went out as a missionary from this church. And then I also met Pastor Harry Love before he came here because he was dating Jeanette, who was still a student in Moody. So he showed up there quite often here, my wife Yvonne and I were candidates to go to the mission field, and Harry invited us to come here and present our work. And so we were here, I believe, sometime during the year of 1955, of missionary candidates. And then I ended up, we were not able to go overseas because of our oldest daughter's health, and then uh, I was invited, I was the assistant, one of the assistant pastors at Bethel Baptist and invited to come here for Pastor Reese's ordination. A few of you in here will remember that. That was a very historic time. How in the world this church ever called me after having such a talented man as Jim Reese here, I will never know. But I am grateful. He was a great man of God and really gifted. And, uh, but more than that, when I was an assistant counselor, I taught a Sunday school class for young Mary was teaching that, a young couple started coming to class because he was a student at Western Michigan University. And we got to know them very well. It turned out it was Doug or Carl and Marion Ballard. So we've been friends for a long time. Uh, I'll not tell you how long you can figure that out for yourself. (laughs) One of the amazing things that Pastor Chris mentioned, by the way, for those of you who are not aware. I look out of the crowd. None of you are really aware of this. This is a necktie. Uh, When I was a student at the Moody Bible Institute, every meal and every class, you wore a white shirt and tie. There wasn't such a thing as a pastel shirt in those days. I have a whole long story I can tell you about that. When you get used to wearing a shirt and tie, mentioned the salary of the first pastor, I also remember that when they moved that building here in 1899 from a mile, what is it, a half a mile west and a half a mile north, the total cost, including feed for the horses, was $460. That's why he got $4.82 a week. Also, the first missionary, just think about this, the first missionary they ever agreed to support was at 25 cents a quarter. That's a dollar a year, and that was a sacrifice. Pretty amazing when you think about it. I was so elated, and there was only one church that God ever allowed me to pastor be on staff for, but I knew what I was getting paid ahead of time. After that, I never asked again, because I figured the Lord has to take care of me. This church, and I actually can't remember, it was either the great total of $100 or $125 a week they paid me when I came here. Plus, they paid the utilities for the parsonage. Man, that was the first winter. I was sure glad that happened because the wind hardly slowed down going through that parsonage. let me tell you. If you don't know where it was, stand by the sign up at the corner. That's where it was. The first winter they put, the first summer they put insulation in it, that slowed it down a little bit. That's another whole story. <clears throat> but you know, uh, when I think about those years and what happened, and how fast you learn, uh, there's a passage in 1 Peter. And I've been preaching to First Peter. Tonight, the Lord willing, I'll preach my 15th sermon from First and 2 Peter over the past few months. And in chapter 4, 1 Peter says, As each one has received a gift Sing sometimes to God be the glory, great things He had done. We came from a church that was averaging over 1,500 people in Sunday school. It was hard as a young man, believe me, I was young once, to come here and not try to put those ideas into practice right away. But God was good to us. A few weeks ago, Some of you may remember the Tuttle's. She was Grace Gurneveld. That first summer, it was my delight to marry them. And when I called them and wished them a happy 60th anniversary, she said, well, Pastor, how do you remember? I said, well, if you will remember. The day you got married, our sixth child was born. Now, that was an interesting weekend. (laughs) On Friday, I took Mrs. Velt to Kalamazoo. She was overdue as usual, and the doctor said, I'm not going to send you back home. It's time for that baby to be born. So I left her in Kalamazoo, came back here for a wedding rehearsal, got done with that, called the hospital, they said, she's sleeping and resting, we'll call you if anything happens. So then I went down and played a softball game. <coughs> <laughs> with my white shirt on from the rehearsal. <coughs> so the next morning I got up, drove to Kalamazoo, sixth child, John, who well, on that day, this July, he turned 60 years old, so that's how I remember so, and, and God has been good, as you know, we are both, we are both 91 now, and grateful to God to be our own home, and able to take care of ourselves so far. If you talk to Mrs. Welch, she'll probably tell you this morning. Happened to help you grow up in a hurry. The second week I was here, one of the board members, Tyler Affleck, dropped dead in his backyard. That was a new experience for me. About two weeks later, two young men, Bruneville Boy, I'm sorry, Marion, I don't remember your last name. forget those kind of things. I remember that Moline Baptist Church for many years had the most campers of any conservative Baptist church in the state at Camp Kobiak in the summertime. It was just fun to see how many young people went to Kobiak for a week's instruction in the Word of God. I believe if you look back at the records, God was so good to us and that every year. We were able to add to the mission's Family, the Morley Baptist Church grew. And the people in this church took good care of us. We never knew. They never realized how often and you're feeding six kids who like to eat just as their father liked to eat. And the fun to keep up with at times. But this was a good place for us to be. And we enjoyed it. In spite of how you might have heard the stories. for years about how much younger than I am he is. I think it's five days. (laughs) The first year I was here, he persuaded me the right thing to do is to go deer hunting in the fall. We went to Upper Michigan. First time I'd ever been. John drove that year. He never drove again for some reason. But I'll tell you, John started a record for me that still stands was 18 years in the woods and never saw orange, not once. I would take my boys and they would get them, but not me. Somehow I survived all of that. But John and Joyce have been great friends of ours as well. It was our privilege to know them. They can tell stories with their kids and ours. I still remember one day we all went to Gun Lake to go swimming cake was four, but on the way there, one of the kids got his foot in the cake. It, it has kept life very interesting. And many of you here today were here during those years. And God has been good to us, and, and some of you here know that the last fully active years of my ministry, 25 years I spent at what is now North Point Christian Schools, teaching Bible and administering. Oh, you know, some of you here, Ballard's had a daughter who was in my class. Uh, Shelly Gears was in my Bible class there, and there are others from here. And did God, in fact, during this last school year, I substituted four times at the high school. And it's just good to still be a part of that. But did God is never, I remember years ago hearing Howard Hendricks from Dallas Seminary say, I don't find anything in the Bible. Someone at the store encouraged me the other day. Uh, uh, got me a few groceries and we were talking. He was talking about retirement. He said, I learned something from my brother last week. I said, What's that? He said, Well, he said, I, Retirement has fooled me. He said, There's something wrong. He said, There's never a day off. And if you're retired, you know how that is. But it's so good. So good to us. As of today, we have 28 grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren, with two more due in the next few months. And they're scattered all over the place. And we're grateful for that. Three of our children have be on the mission field at different times. And as you know, Luke still pastors. refreshing to have a neighbor across the street to share the stories. And I've heard this phrase used a lot. The pots should never call the
2: the man that wore the suit and the white shirt. Susie, you did such a great job of signing this book. But since Stan is older than you, he had to be around at that time also. (laughs) Now let me show you some other differences in generation. Did Stan have Talk about differences in generation. My goodness. And things are changing. And even though they're changing, God is still the same. Yes, yes he is. And when we think of stories, I can go back and tell stories. Uh, God allowed us to be here from 79 to 94. Uh, that that is just such an amazing thing. Was so excited to be able to come, and uh, got the call to, to come as as the pastor, and and the office was back here in this room back here. I think your office is there again, isn't it? <laughs> and there's some bookshelves in there, and and there's also a kind of a stand. and uh, Didn't
1: you have that put in?
2: If stand was was, I think you had back problems, and so he did a study in standing up, and there, so if you want to see ancient history, go back and look in Chris's office. (laughs) But I was so excited to come, and I had a bunch of books uh, that I had accumulated from school, and and, uh, I got in the car on a January day and headed down division and pulled in, and the church was locked, and I had to figure out how to get it unlocked and emptied my books, actually just put them in the office and then headed back. And on my way back, at right at about uh, well, there used to be a, a scary house, just between 100th Street and 92nd, uh, they, they called it the haunted house. I got just past the haunted house and got in the snow a little bit, I mean about so deep, and it pulled me in and I nosed into the ditch on my way back and I would ordered from a place in, uh, up in Grand Rapids, and uh, finally got a guy to pull me out and headed up. Stopped in the pizza joint. They said, "Sorry, it's already gone." I mean, it was an hour and a half late. But uh, when we came, we had. Well, when we candidated first time, we had one child, Sally. When we came the second time, we had two children, and Amy wasn't pregnant. And Steve Lou said was one who asked us what was going on and he said, now you're going to come to our house for lunch and, and you have just one baby, right? Now he said, we have two. He looked. How <laughs> did this happen? Well, <laughs> God does amazing things, doesn't he? <laughs> and then uh, Laura came along in April. April 6th was her birthday and on April 5th April 4th, we had a snowstorm, a huge blizzard here, and that was the day that Amy went into labor, and as she went into labor, she, we called the doctor, and while the phone, that was back in the day where they had phones, not these, (laughs) and she had the phone still in her hand, she talked to the doctor, and the doctor said, you better come, now we're in the middle of a blizzard. And while it was still in her hand, the phone rang again, and she picked it up, and it was a medic in here in town. He said, I'm at the house of Henry Fleecer, and he has just died. Can you come over? And so I went over there. Amy said, we got to go to the hospital. I said, I'll be right back. <laughs> and that was, by the way, that was a God thing. If I would have headed up division, I would have got stuck in the snowstorm or in, in, in the drifts, Am I glad? Because when I came out of Fleecer's, Mrs. Fleecer said to me, Pastor, you know you need to get out of here. I said, Yeah, I know. So I said, Let me pray with you, and then I'm gone. When I went out, the state police were behind me, and uh, they said, Who are you? (laughs) You know, it's two o'clock in the morning, and uh, it's uh, a blizzard, and what's going on? Who are you? I said, Well, I'm the preacher, but I have a problem. And by the time I got back and got Amy in the They told me how to go down Pigtail Alley and over on 131 and finally got to the hospital. And 15 minutes later, after we got in the hospital, Laura was born. You talk about cutting it close. And then two years later, Megan came along, and uh, uh, Megan was born in a December ice storm. Now, I'm not sure what, uh, we decided that was enough at that point. (laughs) Some of the the different things I remember is the remodel of this building the old bell tower is gone and and the the 10 different different levels okay not quite 10 uh, but there was a library there and there was a room there and there was a basement there and there was another and you've got that kind of down to right about three levels right now and, uh, and by the way the building is looking good and uh, what you've done downstairs looks good that that really looks good uh, preacher This preacher, <laughs> I found out that if the preacher or husband, no matter what it is, if, if they tell us a, a tale like that, always go ask the wife. You find out the truth. Well, as I think of of our time here in Moline, uh, there were there were many people that were reached, and uh, God just worked in just some abundant ways. God allowed me to be a part of the fire department at that time and and got involved in, in many things. We reached out in many different ways. And so uh, rather than being like Stan who just speaks off the cuff, I say I don't have quite as many years as he does, so I still need some notes. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. But uh, uh, another thing I remember back, They're still used. That's great. 18 since you've come. Wonderful. That is wonderful. I remember the day that one of the baron's boys was baptized. He said to me, uh, is the water warm? I said, oh, by all means, we have a heater. You're on the next page already. (laughs) I went in this room and up the First step into the water. The heater had not worked. It was January. The wind was out of the west on that cement wall on the back side. No insulation back there. And that water was so cold. there, and, you know, after a while, the water, it's it's cold, and after a while, you you get somewhat used to it, and so I was able to catch my breath and talk for my normal half hour. (laughs) Actually, it was about five minutes, and I brought Dean in, I said, the water's cold, and uh, I said, I... uh, Another baptism out at Gun Lake. Uh, if you remember Don Pease, Don Pease was a good-sized man, and and uh, I was this young, strong, young guy, dumb. I said to him, I said, Don, you just you just stiffen out your body, and I'll bring you down, and I'll bring you back up. I got him halfway up, and that's all I could do. We both started laughing at the time. We did this dance, and he, all of a sudden he was upright again. But uh, that was out at uh, Grunewald's Cottage out there. But there are many, many great things that happened and uh, and continue to happen. We were, had the 2-7 course. Some of you are part of the 2-7 course based on Colossians 2-7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught in abounding in thanksgiving, developing, and as we did that, we developed discipleship training, worked at that. Judy Miller was a the secretary then. How long have you been the secretary? Long time. <laughs> as long as you? No, not quite. Uh, I, Stan and I were born and, and lived before computers. Before, you were born before computers. ministered before computers. We were, we were all, in that case, we were all born before cell phones. Yeah. None of these little boxes that you can talk. This is a, such an amazing thing. Uh, Shirley and I, that, that's my wife now, uh, and that's another story that I'll get into in just a minute. Uh, but her son and daughter-in-law live in, in Italy. And there is a great app called the WhatsApp. And talk back and forth without there being a, a buco charge, and uh, and it's just like talking, like we're talking now. There's no delay. How does that happen? You're halfway around the world and you're still talking to somebody, or or you're videoing them. How does that happen? What a great day to be alive! What an amazing day. But we were born before the internet. Uh, we were born before cell phones. Uh, do you remember that first cell phone? That bag. This receiver up to your head. Yeah. It, it was like a kid's lunchbox.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and you would buy only 30 minutes of, of time per month because it was so expensive. Well, those were some of the days. And, and Judy still hates computers. Did you know that, Chris? Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but those were fun times. The van and bosses were custodians. Herm Bowes was here, Roman Clemente, Tim Moore uh, were youth uh, at that time. There were some crises that happened, some sad, sad crises. Heard Chris talk about falling off of this thing onto his back. You know about somebody falling off onto their head and passed away the second day. That had to hit you right now. I didn't think about that until until you were telling that story and and the things that we as pastors talk about, and sometimes we have no idea who we're talking to because of the stories that we tell. Never, ever, 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 ever intentionally hurting anybody, but sometimes a story like that, just innocent as can be and how God protected you, boy, does it bring back memories, doesn't it? St. Mary's Hospital and just the, the sadness of that and the hope and then the sadness and the hope and, and then and then it was done. There were other crises. There were times where uh, where we were able to, to go and then uh, we had this room over here filled up as well as this room filled up. I shouldn't say we did. God brought people in and just an amazing thing. Now I'm on to page two. That you, as as the church did for us, is you you made a quilt for us. Uh, it was every one of your families did a, a square, and it was put on, and we still have that quilt. I believe Sally has it now, uh, but it's a it's a keepsake that we will keep at least through Sally's generation. Yeah, but uh, as as we went on from there, it, it came time for us to move, and most of you didn't know it. Time, there was no reason for us to go. Things were going well. God was blessing. God was working, but God gave me just a uh, how, how do you say a, an uneasiness, not because of what was going on here, but just an uneasiness in my soul, and and uh, started looking and asking God, "What do you want us to do?" And and so I thought, "Well, God, you must be having us getting us ready to move," and and so I started looking, and up to that. point, I would get contacted every now and then. Uh, will you consider coming and preaching and maybe candidate who, who knows what God will bring? And I would I uh, would generally say no at that point until until this time. And then when I started looking, every one of those calls stopped. But how interesting. And I was in the car driving out on division, out close to where Ruckus's live, going down division. I could take you, literally, it's probably right at the entrance of the trailer park on the other side, and I just said, God, I will be glad to stay here the rest of my life if that's what you want. And within, I think within a, another month or so, two churches called and said, will you consider? And I said, well, I guess I'll consider. Um, and, and, and I went home from church, and I had the church phone also on the Also, had ring and it was on the kitchen counter in the parsonage. And within five minutes, two churches called me and said, "Will you come and candidate?" One of them was in the Detroit area, in Clinton Township. And so I, I said, "Yes, I will. I will come and candidate later." Uh, another church—I mean, literally five minutes later—another church called and said, "Will you come and consider candidating?" And I said, "Well, maybe." They said, "Maybe." said, well, I believe that God directs in exact minutes and seconds in timing, and I need to follow through on this one before I can say yes to you. Um, so I did, and we followed through and and uh, left in 1994, not believe, believing that it was God's timing for us to go, uh, and uh, believing that God was directing. And the interesting thing, God brought us to Bethany Baptist Church for 13 years and did uh, funerals and weddings and different things and ministered there and and then on to Jackson, Minnesota, and, and in the last couple of years... cancer, right at the beginning of COVID, 2020 was a rough, rough year. I was at that point, I was kind of retired from, kind of retired. I, it's one of those things, does a pastor ever retire? No. <clears throat> but the church, uh, there was a church in Bingham Lake that that said, will you come and will you come and, and be the campus pastor? And I said, no. said, will you consider her a care pastor? And I said, yes. And then when Amy got cancer, they said, you are the care pastor of this church, and Amy is your patient. You stay with her. And never once did they come and say, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't make this call, you didn't do this. Never, never once they continually encouraged until the day she died. so bad as when my wife died. I mean, I've, I've done... asked me a question, and in the process, uh, I'd met her back when I first went and actually did the funeral for your mother. Did the wedding for you too? did Didn't do the wedding for you guys. That was in Italy. By the way, I want to introduce to you my, my wife that God gave me. Shirley, it's S.D. S D equals Shirley Deacon DeCook, and I am so blessed. God is just so good, and I, I would love to have each one of you meet, or some of you have. Uh, does she replace Amy? kid's mother. That's not what she's supposed to do. She's my wife. And I went through grief share and and just uh, wrote a grief grief letter that uh, if if you'd ever like it, I'd be glad to send it to you, but it's just uh, just some of the grief process. And I tell you that just to say, in the midst of the good times and the the great times, God also Faithful during all those. No, I don't cry every day anymore. But during those first months, I did. Some of you understand exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not been through it, you can only imagine, and that's true. So I want to end with. Uh, let's see. It's it's and in conclusion says, and in conclusion, he's got 20 more minutes. You know that. Let's see, what time is it? Oh, it's only it's only 11, just after 11, so we got plenty of time. Didn't you say we're going to finish at noon? <laughs> oh, he didn't tell me that either. He told me I had 20 minutes, I think I've used 35 already. In John chapter 1, talking about Jesus, it, it talks about him, and it goes on down. And it says in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. What is that? Well, that's the balance of God. And that's a balance that we need to have. Grace and truth. When you think of truth, there's only one truth, by the way. By the way, it's mine. There's only one truth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's only one truth, and when Stan and I disagree, I'm obviously right. I don't know where we disagree with <laughs> you. The interesting thing is, we all have our own opinions, and as we have our own opinions, we think my opinion is absolutely right disagree with me, you are wrong. That's where grace comes in. That's where grace comes in, and that is so important. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Two examples of that, the woman at the well, you remember in John 4, the woman at the well, Jesus was there, and this was in some area. It was in the, the country of Samaria. Uh, that is some area uh, where the people were basically considered Jesus was there taking care of of the woman at the well, and his disciples came back, and uh, Jesus said uh, to this woman, uh, the disciples were amazed because he was talking to her, and Jesus said to this woman, go bring your husband, and she said, I have no husband, and Jesus said, that's exactly right, you've had five husbands, and the man you're now living with is not your husband, and it says, and she left and came back, and the whole city fell. Jesus did not uh, get away from the truth, but He used great grace. The second woman is in John chapter eight. The woman who was taken in adultery. Then I have I have a ton of questions on this one, this story. Uh, but as as we look at uh, some of the questions, where was the man? That's one question. Um, another question is is what gave those those guys the right to to accuse her? very act of adultery, unless there was one of the men that were in the group, probably was the perpetrator. Uh, Jesus, it says, got down and rolled on the ground. I I wonder what he wrote. The Bible doesn't say uh, you hear preachers speculate. That's all it is, is speculate. I don't know what it is. And then it says, they said to Jesus, what do you say? And Jesus stood up and he looked at the group around says, and they began to leave from the oldest to the youngest. The oldest realized their sin, and of course the youngest did too, as the oldest left. And then Jesus got up and said, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none, Lord. He said, neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin no more. Grace and truth. He gave her great grace, and he gave her the truth. And in so doing, he was able to now, uh, with you and me, I, I, I shouldn't say with you and me, I, as I became your pastor, I learned to preach the truth and was committed to preaching the truth. In fact, I, I've told you many times over the years, and, and I'm sure Chris tells you the same thing, um, if we ever come to a point where you say, I don't think that's in Scripture, then go study it out in Scripture, and if Scripture disagrees with what I say, Scripture's always right. That's always right. Always right. We will never intentionally give you bad information. We will never intentionally uh, teach you something that is is false, but always go with the truth. That's truth. But in the process, use grace. say that, wrong. Okay, go and study the Scripture. (laughs) But when we think of grace and truth, I want want to to help you understand that in our world today, they tell you that there are many truths. There are many things that are true. It's your truth and my truth. Now, Shirley and I have not had this discussion, but uh, if we disagree, It's obviously, it's my truth and her truth, and my truth is right. I just got one of those 10,000 looks, you know, that women give. (laughs) When we understand truth, there is only one truth. And if we disagree, we go back and, and either find out what the truth is. The interesting thing is I've been reading through the book of Romans a chapter a week, just one chapter a week. Read that chapter every day. And I've just finished Romans 15. I was in Romans 14 last week. And it talks about meat offered to idols, and it talks about those who are strong who have greed freedom. Those who are weak continually tie themselves up to rules. It says, Don't let the those who are strong criticize those who are weak, and don't let the weak criticize those who are strong. In other words, show grace to one another. representatives of Jesus Christ and his reputation, I don't want to sully his reputation with my silliness. And so we show grace to one another. We disagree? I mean, what difference does it make if the walls are green or blue or yellow or the carpet is this color? I don't remember ever talking about those here when I was here. I think the walls are the same color and the carpet is the same color. I I don't remember ever having those purple. Uh, I like blue. So what? Those Those are opinions. And we can have opinions, can't we? Jesus had grace and truth. The truth is we're all sinners. The truth is every one of us, because of our sin, we deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve the punishment from God. But because of his grace, did you realize, uh, did you realize, here, can I walk down by you? Did you realize, how long will it go? Did you realize that God loves you so much, so much, he wants to be with you so much, Send his perfect son, Jesus, so that he could spend eternity with you. Hallelujah is right, Dick. That's right. God loves you so much because he wants to spend eternity with you. And he said, I'm going to give you grace through Jesus Christ. And my question is, is it okay if I ask this preacher? My question is, do you know him? You believed in Jesus. You see, John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him, through Jesus. Do you know that truth? Jesus is the truth. He is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That is the only way, the only way. And God loves you so much that he sent his perfect son, absolutely perfect Story and then I will quit. I was a pea picker in high school. You say, What's a pea picker? That's a guy who worked for Libby's Libby Libby on your label, label, label. You'll like it, like it, like it on your table, table. I guess that's an old, old, old commercial. That's probably as old as Dan. till 10 or 11 at night during the the combining the harvest of the peas. And, and we had a mechanic that was, in every way, this statement is true, he was a dirty old man. Every part of that was true. At the beginning of the summer, by the way, I grew up in a home, I never, ever, ever heard my dad swear. Never. In his entire life. Never. I didn't have that in my mind hit my thumb and the wrong nail, I would say, ouch. Isn't that what we're supposed to say? It hurts. Ouch. I would say, ouch. This particular guy would would swear and curse and tell filthy stories and and during the summer, as as my mind, as I would go through those things, when, when I hit the wrong nail, it didn't come out of my mouth. In my mind, and some swear word would come to mind. You see, when I was first in the in the the beginning of the summer, every time he swore, it was a an affront to me. It would just it would almost just hit me. By the end of the summer, I kind of became used to it. I didn't I didn't use the words, but I kind kind of got used to it. Jesus Christ, never. never got used to our sin. Never, ever got used to our sin. And he says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin, never, ever getting used to our sin. So that if you will trust him, so thankful. We're so thankful for who you are and what you have done. We're so thankful that you are the amazing God who loved us so much. Lord, I don't know each of the hearts here. You do. I know many of the people, and we have we have served together and, and served you here, and we thank you for that. That's part of our memory here today, is we're thanking you for that. But whether somebody that I've known since I came in 1979, or whether it's somebody that is is just the first Sunday here. If you have not trusted Jesus Christ, let me just invite you to trust him now, just by saying in, in, to, to God, uh, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've violated your holiness. You can say, I trust in Jesus Christ, For my eternal life, I trust in the fact that He died for my sins, He was buried, He rose again, and I believe in Him right now. And I commit my life to follow Him. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, if that is your heart's desire, you have just been entered into the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for hearing us. Thank you for loving us so much. And thank you for the testimony of this church, and I pray that it will continue. And that you will bless this church, literally, until you come back. Whether it's 165 years or whether it's tonight. But you will bless the Moline Baptist Church abundantly. And that you will bless Chris. And you'll care for this man, this pastor, this guy right here. That you'll watch over him and guard his, his, his thinking and guard his, his life watch over him in such a way that that as he preaches and as he shares that he will share the truth with grace and that you will help him to have that balance that uh, that you've shown us I think when I started preaching 27 years old I knew the truth and was able to give the truth but I didn't have much grace at the time Lord teach us grace This man is committed to truth and help him to have the grace that he needs. I think he's already come a long ways on it and you are are blessing him and you're blessing the church because of him. But give him the truth and the grace, the balance of Jesus Christ. I ask for your blessing on him and your abundant working in his life. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for allowing us to talk to you. Thank you for the fact that we can trust you with our whole hearts. We pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.